stop your grinning and drop your linen. It's the ACDC Beyond the Thunder podcast with your thunderous hosts, Kurt Squires, Greg Ferguson, and Eric Cube. Are you ready? Thank you for tuning in once again to ACDC Beyond the Thunder, the podcast that spotlights the influence that this wicked good band from Australia has had on our culture in truly shocking ways. From well-known actors and athletes, comedians and CEOs, professional wrestlers, to decorated war heroes. And in today's case, a local singer-songwriter who received the biggest spotlight of his life thanks to a friendship and kindred spirit with ACDC's own Brian Johnson. Hello, Thunder fans. I'm your host, Kurt Squires. That's my good friends right over there, sound man and engineer, Eric Kielb. Hey, Eric. And fellow ACDC compatriot and co-pilot, Mr. Greg Ferguson. Greg, looks like you're going to have to share the mic with another Greg today. How does that make you feel? Well, you know, I've got three G's in my name, and this Greg only has two. <laughs> this is true. You go by Triple G for a reason. And you can call me Greg Gaga, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think this is a great guest because... He goes way back as far as the original ACDC Beyond the Thunder days when it was a documentary. You remember those days? I do. And you actually introduced me to Greg Billings back in the day. You sent me a CD. You know, I was desperately trying to find it. When, it, when you told me we we're going to interview Greg Billings, I'm like, I got to go listen to the CD. And I couldn't find it. You know, my daughter's been through my CD collection pretty heavy now, and she swipes stuff left and right. But uh, <laughs> definitely a blast from the past. And I, I missed that CD, but I did find him on Spotify. So Nice. Well, back in the day, we uh, were introduced to Greg because he had done so many duets with Brian, and they were both Floridians, their best buddies. And I was like, hey, Greg, why don't we send... Greg Billings, a little promo of our documentary, and maybe he'll just kind of hand that off to Brian one day. So that's exactly what Greg Billings did for us. So very cool guy, and we, we've been friends ever since, kind of keeping in touch. Yeah, he's always been there and, and willing to help us out, and it's, it's good to know that uh, that package finally made it to Brian Johnson, which is pretty cool. And you have to tell the listeners what you made. That was pretty awesome. So at the time, we were trying to get some, some excitement around our Beyond the Thunder project, and uh, one of the kind of ploys that we had, uh, I got a, one of those small Marshall amps and uh, cut it in half and thinned it down, and we made it into this cool little package as presentation so the amp would flip open, and inside was uh, a note, the DVD, and a few other little trinkets, depending on who we were sending it to, and uh, those, those went out to a few very, very special people. Yes. Including Brian. Yeah, I remember Greg Billings getting back to us saying, hey, guys, Brian and I sat down, we watched it, and uh, Brian said something to the effect of, if these guys go through this much trouble, then they deserve a shot. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, such a compliment. Well, I'm excited about this episode. Let's get it started. Okay, as you know, ACDC have managed to energize and push people from all walks of life to their own potentials. Three chords 
at a time. So during this episode of ACDC Beyond the Thunder, we're heading down south for some gator snacks and wash it down with some Okeechobee whiskey as we catch up with Brian Johnson's BFF and fellow Floridian Greg Billings, who's become the quintessential frontman of the Sunshine State, playing with an incredible roster of musicians over his tenured career, including three duets and several live appearances with ACDC's one and only Brian Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the soulful Mr. Greg Billings. Soulful. I get that soul from uh, from being a yeah. Carolina boy. <laughs> from a little bit of, uh, of course, like you mentioned, the Okeechobee whiskey. Yeah. I think that's where I get, so you mentioned soulful. That's the only thing I could think of that turned me into a soul boy. A soul boy from Winston-Salem, right? Home of Krispy Kreme. I was born and raised in Winston-Salem. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that, actually. I, I bragged to Brian quite a bit about that. Every now and then he says, uh, this is my friend Greg from South Carolina. I'm like, don't even. <laughs> There's only one Carolina, and that's North Carolina. Of course. I love that. I'm, I'm proud to be a Tar Heel. I'm still stuck in Maine, so <laughs> there you go. I read where your dad was a career Navy guy who did a lot of traveling, wasn't home much, but it was your mom who really raised you and you watched her play the piano, which made a huge impression on you musically, right? You know, she always had a piano in the house. Once we settled down, my dad was in the Navy, like you said. My mom was a great soul. Everybody that met her knows she just loved everybody. No matter what she thought about some of my friends, because some of them were trouble. She was always, you know, welcomed them into our house. And after a couple of drinks, she would get on the piano and sing. And I think she probably wanted to take music a little further, but, you know, she had three kids and a husband that was in the Navy. So sure. she couldn't. So therefore, I think maybe she, that's why she pushed me into the music. Uh, she never said no to me when it came to, uh, you know, starting a band or being in, uh, getting into music. I love that. So you carried this torch for the love of music. And by the time you were a teenager, you began singing in bands heavily influenced by rock greats at the time, such as Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, Grand Funk, and even Skinnerd. So by the way, when did ACDC first come onto your radar screen? What was the very first ACDC track or album you ever heard? And how did their brand of music hit you at the time? A friend of mine, his name is Teddy Pope, loved music. And he turned me on to a lot of great stuff. Kansas comes to mind right away that I'd never heard of. But he said, look at this band, ACDC. You know, I said, this is good. This is cool stuff. But I was still a, a more of a Southern rock guy uh, up yep. until probably Highway to Hell came out. That makes sense. And that's the one that got you, though. Well, it got a lot of people, you know, because before that, what I always thought of ACDC was they're great, but they're that band that uh, hard rockers listen to because you never heard them on the radio, you know, unless you were listening to some college station or something. Right. And then uh, Highway to Hell came out and I was like, oh my God, that, you know. And then of course, as I got older, my voice changed a little bit. It wasn't so whiny. People started kind of comparing my voice to Bon Scott's voice a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Right. By the time Highway to Hell came out, uh, I don't think we did it in the early days of Stranger, but of course we did it jamming with other bands over the years. But that song always, made in my wheelhouse. Some of the stuff that Bon Scott does, I can't quite get to. Highway to Hell is right there in my wheelhouse. I'm glad you brought that up. That was going to be one of my questions is, do you ever get compared 
to Bon Scott because your vocal tonal quality is very similar to Bon's. I haven't met anyone that was in the studio with him at all, so I don't have an answer to that, but I'm hoping that he sang a little bit with less volume because it makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Some of that stuff is really, really tough to hit. but Oh, it's brutal. Let There Be Rock, uh, Dirty Deeds, TNT, all that stuff. Those are easy songs for me. Really? And they're not easy for most people. It's the range. You know, I think most of their stuff was in E and A, yeah. and that's right in my wheelhouse. So eventually, you make a trek to Florida. You're playing beach bars and nightclubs, trying to get things going. Basically a full-time lifestyle for you. Party, play, repeat. And in the 80s, it was you and Tom King who formed the rowdy Southern rock band called Romeo, originally called Romeo. And you were eventually discovered by record producer Tom Worman of Motley Crue fame, who signed you to Epic Records, correct? Yeah. At the time, it was probably Motley Crue fame, mm-hmm. but he had done Ted Nugent. He had done Mother's Finest, who I was a huge fan of, Cheap Trick. And yes, he did come out to a show one night, and we, it was ladies' night, and there was probably 300 women and probably 100 dudes. <laughs> and these record people were like, who is this band? And they all came to see our guitar player, Ronnie Garvin. He was a, he was a really good-looking guy and a great guitar player, and the girls loved him. I was the uh, singer guy that was in the background most of the time. But you did have some pretty awesome hair, right? Uh, that's pretty good hair. <laughs> but those guys saw us and signed us. We were signed to a record deal within like two months after that, after they saw us. And this is when you changed your name to Stranger, correct? Yeah, we did. Uh, we were out in L.A. actually doing the record, and the record company did not like the name Romeo. Uh, the only guy that looked like a Romeo was our guitar player. So <laughs> there was a band called Romeo Void, I think, also at the time. So we went out to a show to see Kevin Dubrow, who ended up being the singer for Quiet Riot. Right. We saw his band. He didn't have a record deal at the time, so we went to visit him see his show and no chicks gave us a second or a second look or nobody, they wouldn't talk to us. So I told Ronnie, I said, we, I feel like a stranger in this place. Ah, That's where the name stranger came from. There it is. Cool. And stranger opened shows nationally for triumph, quiet riot, UFO, skid row, Aldo Nova, Tesla, Kings X, Eddie money. The list goes on other big name acts of the time. Uh, and it looked like Stranger was poised to become the next big thing, right? Or the next Van Halen. Yeah, well, uh, when I first joined Romeo, Ronnie was one of the few guitar players that could do all that uh, Eddie Van Halen stuff, and we did a lot of Van Halen. We were very popular around town, of course, so we got a lot of opening slots. Triumph of Saxon, we've played like three shows with those guys, you know, uh, Tampa, Orlando, and I think Daytona Beach. Opened for Nazareth uh, quite a few times. Love Nazareth. Cool. And then we got on tour with UFO and Aldo Nova was the middle act. Okay. And that lasted about six weeks. And we all, that was all out West. Wow. That's quite a run. After our record came out, that's what you did back then. You did a record, then you went out on tour yeah. and they paid you like 200 bucks a night Wow. to open shows <laughs> so you could sell albums. Right. It was a, it was a trip. <laughs> So by 2003, you finally felt a calling to run your own gig, and you struck out to form the Greg Billings Band, which was not just rock, but it included many soul and rhythm and blues classics. 
And so by 2008, your first Greg Billings band album called Do-Overs was released. It was 2008, right? Yeah, um, I think we started recording that around 2006, and it took us about a year and a half. And I noticed in the liner notes of that album, it says, I've become good friends with Donald Duck Dunn and Brian Johnson over the last 15 years. How did that friendship start way back then? Well, me and Brian, of course, met. His wife was a fan of Stranger. Oh, okay. She came to see us several times and finally brought Brian out. We ended up playing golf together, me and Brian. And we've been buddies ever since. Later on, Brenda and my wife, Tish, became best of friends. Nice. That led into more and more visits to their house. That's great. Whether me and Brian want to hang out together or not, it was <laughs> it was the girls want to go down. They want to get together. So me and Brian were gladly to oblige and do whatever they wanted. But we became really good friends after that. Very cool. And since Dunn had actually played on the original Wilson Pickett track, Midnight Hour, he was kind enough to dust off his bass and join you in the studio and... Then when you asked Brian if he was in, he said, I'd do anything for a Carolina boy, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Brian introduced me to Duck, and Duck was a hard guy to get to know because Duck has been through a lot. And I heard a lot of the stories with Otis, uh, Booker T and MGs. He didn't trust a lot of people in the music business, so it took a while for me to befriend Duck. Uh, it took a while, a lot of late nights with Brian and, and Duck, staying up after the girls went to bed. And... Uh, I was like, uh, Duck, I said, we're going we're gonna to redo uh, Midnight Hour, and I'd love to have you up. This is after we're drunk, of course, having drinks. <laughs> and he goes, absolutely, I'll do it. And then Brian's in the background. He heard me and Duck talk about it. He goes, and I'm going to sing on it. That's great. That's how that was born. The next day I said, Brian, do you remember saying you would sing on this? And he's like, absolutely, I got you covered. So within three or four weeks, I had a car down there to pick him up and brought him into the studio Classy. to record that. The classic line was, Ducks asked us if he wanted, do you guys want me to play this like I played it on Wilson Pickett's record? <laughs> and of course, we all looked at each other and huh. said like, oh my gosh, wow. this is going to be wow. so good. Yeah, And the way he plays it on the record is a little different than most people play it uh, after that. There's a little thump in there on each quarter note. Yeah. He added that to the song to pick it up a little bit. And that's why he played it oh, with wow. us as well. Oh, man. That's amazing, Greg. Two Rock and Roll Hall of Famers joining you on a classic track. What was that like in the studio? Man, yeah. I'm telling you something, dude. I, I think back on it. I had a friend send me some pictures because uh, I'm kind of revisiting yeah. some of my past. That night that we did that song, we had one mic for me and Brian, and it was in the control room. We weren't isolated at all. We were in the same room with like 10 guys, and we were drinking and partying. <laughs> so me and Brian are feeding off all this energy, and we just handed it off to each other. Old school. And then the last verse, we just sang like at the same time into this 57, and it was raw, it had energy, and it was like maybe two takes and the reason it was two wow, takes because wow. the ad lib stuff we did at the end. Yeah. But it, it was a special moment. I'm gonna wait till the midnight hour. That's when there's no one else around. I'm gonna take you, girl, and hold you. And do all the things I told you in the midnight hour. <laughs> Just you and I. Look at him. I'm gonna 
And I have to say, you paired so nicely with the vocal grit of Brian Johnson on that track. And we had recently discussed about you sounding like Bon Scott. At some points, it was almost like, wow, this might have been what a duet with Bon and Brian might have been like. You must have been so ecstatic recording that. I was excited when it came out for people to hear us, to see how it would blend together. And of course, we did do a couple of lines in unison. And you could definitely tell both voices apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it showed a great side of Brian because he's, he's a soulful kind of guy as well. Yes. A lot of people had not seen that side or, excuse me, had not heard that side of Brian. I thought it was a really good uh, presentation. And actually, we're, we are remixing that uh, entire record right now and going to remaster it. Cool. I actually remember hearing a quote from ACDC producer Brendan O'Brien, who was working with Brian Johnson on his vocals, and eventually he came to the conclusion, he looked at Brian, he calls him by both names apparently, he said, Brian Johnson, you're a soul singer. <laughs> Brian's like, what? Do you, do you concur with that label? I agree with that to a certain extent. Brian is a soul guy because he's got a good soul, first of all. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a hard working background. He's seen a lot, man. This guy, I mean, I've heard the stories. You've read the book, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but there's also some stories that weren't in the book. That guy worked his ass off. Yeah, he did. He was a, a proud man. And uh, I think that's where his soul comes from. And I'm not saying he's a Wilson Pickett or, or he's an Otis Redding. I'm not. And, you know, a lot of guys aren't. But he feels that stuff. And I think that's where he probably got off saying Brian was a soul singer because, you know, a lot of guys didn't see that in him in the early days. They just wanted him to sing as hard as he could, loud as he could, and as high as he could. That's right. Uh, a good tribute to that Black Ice record. It brought out a little bit of soul in Brian. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite records. Oh, really? Yeah, Black Ice. That's a very cool choice. Well, for me, the first instance of being aware of the Greg Billings band was because of this duet with Brian, which must have been great exposure for you. And I remember ordering a physical CD from the Greg Billings Band site, and you sent me an extra copy in the mail with, with a handwritten note, which said, stay in touch, and it was really thoughtful. And we've sort of kept in touch ever since, which I've actually really treasured. And it's really nice to have kept that connection. Yeah, I try to write a little note on all my uh, packages. If I know, I know a lot of the people that order my stuff, but I think it makes it a little bit personal. You know, I don't think people that order my stuff are fans. I've always said that they're friends. I recognize their names, uh, and I probably had a drink with everybody that orders my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The overseas people, I really reach out and send them nice notes and uh, send them nice emails, thanking them. But I, that's funny that you say that, Kirk, because that do-overs record did really good. And I was always proud when I got an order in the mail and I was going to mail it out. And I always wanted to find out what people were about that was ordering this, especially after the Brian song. Yeah. So the Brian stuff, the a lot of people sent me great messages. Some people were like, you know, uh, I would say 98% of the feedback was positive. Wow. I've become a, a big fan, especially collecting over the years of, as Greg Billings continued to release uh, CDs. Well, at the time, Greg Ferguson and I were filming this documentary about ACDC and trying to get that off the ground. And Greg made this awesome promotional amp uh, and inside of it, it opened up and it was a, a part of our film. And we sent it to you hoping that, hey, maybe... Maybe Greg Billings will send this to Brian one day. 
Uh, <laughs> and, you know, of course, the film never really got off the ground, but it turned into a podcast where we get to talk to you. Yeah, and I've talked to Brian. Uh, Brian knows all about you guys. He knows you. Uh, he knows all about your uh, adventures. And I did deliver that package, by the way. Oh man, thank you so much. Thank you very much. He just gets so much stuff. It's crazy, man. You would not believe the stuff that he gets in the mail, and you wouldn't believe the stuff he gets. People come to his door. Oh, that's oh wow. That's how bad it is. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 he's, he's getting it from all sides. I bet. I just spent I just spent the week with Brian, and he. Uh, He's all excited about the uh, power trip thing. Oh yes, there. yes, I am too. I'm very excited. You know that's going to be on his uh, birthday, that gig. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, he turns seventy six. That is insane. That is insane. He's so fired up. They're going to rehearse, I think, for five weeks. I would hope so because it, it must be weird for them to be able to just jump on stage cold because they haven't played for since two thousand sixteen. And they weren't even with Brian that whole tour. Yeah. So they're, he's excited about doing this. They did the whole record without really getting together much. Yeah. The last record that they did. Yeah. And uh, so they're excited. Uh, you know, they're going to spend five weeks together, you know, uh, doing nothing but playing two hours. I think it's going to be a two and a half hour show or something like that. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I look forward to it. Are you going? As of now, I will not be going. But if Brian needs some help... Uh, <laughs> Carrying his luggage. Oh, I'll be there for him. That's very nice of you. I can help carry too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should probably try to make an effort because it means a lot to him, I think. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, you never know what's going to happen with these guys. Uh, right. Right. But he's got, a, he's got a big heart and he's fired up about this. He's He's been getting in shape for the last six weeks already. So Unbelievable. I might have ruined his getting in shape uh, the week we spent together last week, but <laughs> he'll get back on track. Oh, well, at least you guys had fun, right? Yeah, we had a blast. Well, I wanted to talk about more Brian Johnson duets because you just seem to have the knack to get him in the studio. One CD actually before you had a duet was called Live with No Sauce Needed. And I noticed when you were coming on stage, it came with a DVD. When you're approaching on stage, I could hear Rock and Roll Train playing in the background, which was a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, and you did your best Brian Johnson impersonation on stage with the... Was that the? Uh, was that for... Uh, was that Midnight Hour? Yeah. Yeah. You traded off... I think it was. You traded off parts, even though Brian wasn't there. You put on the cap and you did yeah. the little Jekyll and yeah. Hyde thing, which was really fun. Yeah, I always like to, a lot of guys, I take my own music for intro music, and it's always an ACDC song, always. Wow. It just works. For my last song, uh, last show at uh, Ruth Ecker Hall for the Greg Billings Band, it was uh, Have a Drink on Me. So that was the one that got people really excited right before we came out. And of course, Brian came out and introduced the band that night. It was pretty, pretty, pretty hip. That's cool. How special is that? And I had tickets to that show. And uh, Greg and I had to, we, we had to travel somewhere all of a sudden, and I was unable to attend, but I was going to travel down from Carolina. And I think I was able to give them to a couple of your friends, which is... I think so, because there wasn't an empty seat in the house. No, so I'm sure sold your tickets out. were used. Good, yeah. How, <laughs> yeah. What a nice uh, cap to your 35-year career. How cool is that? Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So are you able to uh, show uh, our listeners an example of your velvety voice or do you need time to warm up for something like that warm up uh, warm up makes it sound worse <laughs> <laughs> so so when i approached brian about uh old friends don't come easy 
uh, I had to sing it to him, of course. So it was like, uh, do you remember the time you left and locked outside? You laid drunk on the floor, had to sleep by the door in the rain. There you go. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Man, you got it. You got the soul. I love that. That sounds so good. Yeah, that was a great track. I loved that song. In fact, I love that album. It's called Boom Boom All Night. It's one of my favorites from you. Sonically, it sounds amazing. Uh, in fact, Eric, can you can you cue up Boom Boom All Night? I would just love to hear. I want to see Greg's expression just listening to this opening track. I love it. Sounds so good. So good. Musicians you you found are so good. You surround yourself with some amazing people. Not to sell yourself short, but. <laughs> that might be my, uh, I think it's probably my favorite record too, the Boom Boom All Night record, because we had seasoned by that time. We had seasoned into a pretty damn good band. In the early days, we were trying a lot of different stuff, and I think we found our niche because I, I met Jeff Abraham, and we read, we wrote six songs together for that album, including Boom Boom All Night and uh, Old Friends Don't Come Easy came up. I was like, dude, this is a great song. And uh, When the Night Comes Down, Superman, uh, there's some really cool tracks on there. Yeah. And that that's why the record sounds probably the best than all of them because the band had been together for quite a while and all these songs were pretty fresh. Fast Train is yes. one of my favorites. That's a great one. That's a great one. And I remember you had actually reached out to, to and we're excited you're like kurt check out the back cover you're gonna love it and it was a illustration <laughs> of uncle brian jamming uh with you and i was like oh my god he got him in the studio again this is gonna be great it was not easy this time for old friends don't come easy uh it wasn't because brian was down uh, right. we actually talked about this on with my uh sit down with brian for my podcast uh he was in a bad he was in a bad place man right uh, the ear situation that he had, he couldn't hear, and he had some surgeries, and he explains it all in my uh, in my sit down with him. Uh, but he was in a bad way, man, and I knew it. So I was like, "Dude, this song is perfect for you." Really was. You need to come out of your house. You need to come sing this and let people know that you're still alive, man, and you're you can still do this. And originally, he said no because he was he was afraid he couldn't do it. Wow. And I was just getting ready to go in with Robin Zander was going to sing Brian's part okay. in the song. And it was probably only about four days away from Robin coming in. And Brian called and says, I'm in. Wow. I want to do this. That's awesome. I want to do this. So I found a, a, a studio down in, in, in Bradenton. Uh, where it was just going to be me and Brian. And I told the guy from Braden, I said, you can't tell anybody about this. 
So it was just me, Brian, my guy, George Harris, my guitar player and producer, and uh, a friend of Brian's, and that was it. Wow. Because uh, I didn't want, if he couldn't do it, I, it was going to be like only three people saw it. Yeah. But he did great, and he was nervous. Yeah. I don't, you know, the guy's fucking, he sang back in black, you know, <laughs> how can you be nervous? That's a whole nother story there too. The stories I've heard from that. Yeah, I bet. And uh, we got through it and we did some ad libs at the end, you know, at the end where we go, you know, let's, let's, let's get another drink, Greg. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I love that. It got some energy and we pieced it all together. And a lot of his fans were very happy to, um, uh, hear brian's voice on that yeah a lot of people wanted to hear it there was a there probably about one hundred fifty thousand people have listened to that song on youtube wow which is a lot for us because we you know yeah we never had that many hits right and a lot you know like i said once again 98 percent of the comments were great some you know people are like you know, who is this the georgia skyrockets or something you know because <laughs> it's so southern sounding for brian uh, but I was proud of it, and uh, I was proud of Brian for getting up and doing that. And of course, when it came out, Brian was reaching out to me, saying, "All my friends are reaching out to me. They, they love the song. They love hearing me sing." And uh, you know, he really appreciated the, the opportunity. And that's just the kind of guy he is. He's got a lot of friends, and yeah, everybody was reaching out, saying, "You know, you're good, man. You're 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 not sick. You can do this." So that's awesome. It was a big moment for me, and it. I think it was a big moment for Brian as well. And uh, it was a pretty uh, good shot in the arm for him to be able to pull that song off. Although ACDC Beyond the Thunder is free to our listeners, if you enjoy the program and believe in what we're doing, consider donating as little as $1 to the show, and 100% of the profits goes directly to the Make-A-Wish and Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy Foundations. If you do, we just may call you out on our show, like Eddie Coyle, Brandon Stone, and Eric Mingi. We salute the ACDC Beyond the Thunder community for leaning in. Simply go to beyondthethunder.com, hit the charity button, and that's it. I'm sure he treasured your friendship. And um, we we actually sent him uh, one of our custom Jack Daniels bottles that we had sent the Greg Billings band. Yeah. Uh, we sent one to I Brian. I still got it. Oh, Okeechobee whiskey bottle, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah. You mean there's still whiskey in there? Uh, I believe so, yeah, because that's Jack. I, if I drink Jack, I'll, I'll fight somebody. Uh -oh. So I hold back on that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we sent one to Brian and said, have a drink on us. Thanks for, you know, just trying to cheer him up a little bit, you know. But that he must have treasured you doing that. Yeah, uh, and we we touched on that, like I said, in my interview with Evan. He's 
he was willing to talk about it. He 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 let he let me in on everything that happened there. Oh, that's great for him to show up like that, middle of the day, and give it all he had, and ended up being very proud of that. Wow. Well, it, it's also the reason why you're uh, his favorite singer. In fact, I saw an interview <laughs> where you know they were they were interviewing Brian in a hotel room, and they said, "Who's just some of your favorite singers?" And he said, "Greg Billings." Yeah, like, but the wow. guy was like, "Who's that?" <laughs> If you're listening to Brian, and if you know Brian well enough, you know my name uh, just from like the three songs that we've done together and the times he's mentioned me. Yeah. And he actually had a radio show on the BBC for, uh, I don't know, this was probably eight, nine years ago, I think, or something like that. And uh, it was a series of where he played his favorite songs. And it went on for like several weeks. That It was every Wednesday night or something. And he actually uh, included Thank You For Loving Me, which is a song he wrote. And it was on Greg Billings' band, Built for Love album. Yeah. And he mentioned, this is my favorite singer, Greg Billings. I was like, oh, oh my man. God. <laughs> Love that guy. And so many people heard that because everybody tuned into that show. So I was very proud of that. That's great. Brian kind of pulled out his own Barry White voice for that yeah. one. Yeah. He, he, uh, the reason we did that was because he showed up and uh, I'd already done the song. Uh, all, the, all the vocals were done. And Brian goes, look, this sounds great like it is. I'll sing on the choruses. You can hear him sing in unison on the courses, but he wrote that song for his wife on Valentine's Day because he forgot it was Valentine's Day. Uh-oh. And he got to the restaurant. He sees all these roses and candles burning. He goes, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and Brenda's like, oh, it's okay. He goes, no, 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 I got to do something. So he grabbed a napkin and actually wrote a song that night. Wow. And I had heard it about six months later because him and another him, one of his buddies were actually putting a version of it together. Okay. About a year later, I said, Brian, that song you wrote, Thank You For Loving Me, do you mind if I record this for the new album I'm working on? He was like, are you kidding me? I said, yeah, man. So we kind of rewrote it, not rewrote it. We kind of rearranged it mm -hmm. and uh, took it to the band. And when Brian got there to sing on it, he's like, man, there's I can't improve this. There's nothing I can do. It's a lovely, very commercial kind of uh, song. He goes, I said, well, why don't you just do a, instead of a solo, why don't you do your Barry White, your best Barry White, you know, I love you, baby, that kind of thing. And he did, but he is singing unison on the choruses. And uh, that's all he wanted to do on that song. But but he wrote that song. And I was very glad that he agreed that uh, we play that. And that's the one he played on his radio show. And I got tons of emails oh, that's awesome. about that song. You got Brian Johnson to sing on a ballad, which he probably hasn't done since his Geordie days, which is phenomenal. He can sing. He can do anything. Brian can. He's great, man. Yeah. Very creative. Always thinking. His mind's always going. He's just a 
he's just a good cat, man. And you guys seem to always be, like you said, chumming around. Like I'll reach out and you'll say, hey, I just got back from fishing with Brian in the British Virgin Islands. Or, <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm having a pint oh, with man. Brian in England right now. You know, I'm yeah. like, wow. He's such a good human being. Yeah, we've had a couple of trips to uh, British Virgin Islands together. That's awesome. Each time was a week. And we just, our wives get along so good. And me and Brian just kind of hang out, you know, do our thing and watch the girls have fun. Love it. Well, besides being a great singer, great performer, you definitely have some mojo going where you might not have made it to the major leagues, but you definitely have major league talent. And it's awesome to see the people that you hook up with from Rick Derringer to Robin Zander, you mentioned from Cheap Trick, uh, members of Paul McCartney's band, and of course, Duck Don and Brian. It's it's pretty awesome little success story you have there. Yeah, well, whenever you have me back on, we'll, we'll touch base with the... Uh... The night that I had, Brian was in attendance. We'll touch base on that wedding that I did where Robert Plant was in attendance and Cindy Lauper. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock. Uh, That's crazy. Dee Snyder. Uh, they all got a thing with us. <laughs> wow. Plant was great. Robert Plant was awesome. So. That's that's for a whole other show. That's a whole other show. <laughs> wow. And Brian was sitting right there the whole night watching the whole thing. So Well, I remember seeing some live footage from a five-year uh, celebration at a local pub. Is it the Irish Rover, maybe? Oh, yeah. And Brian joined you live to sing like a half a dozen ACDC songs. We actually rehearsed that whole situation. He used my band uh, and another guy to play a uh, rhythm guitar. And we probably rehearsed uh, about three hours for that set. Wow. And I think we did about, I think we did about eight ACDC songs. And uh, God, that's probably been 12 years ago now. That was, that was a nut house. Yeah. That was crazy. So listeners, if you go to YouTube, just type in Brian Johnson, Greg Billings, live, and that'll come up. Yeah, they will come up. Yeah, they're, they're really fun. And Brian's just, he's just a local boy in that sense, right? Yeah, it was a local boy with about 1,000 people under this tent that <laughs> held like 300 people. Wow. It was, a, it was a crazy night that night. It was a good one, though. Wow. I wanted to talk about, before we let you go, what the hell have I done? which is your new podcast, a play on words looking back at your entire career in music, uh, which is a great platform for you because you're a great storyteller. How's, how's that podcasting world been treating you? It's, it's a little different <laughs> because a lot of my friends, uh, not fans, friends, a lot of people don't quite know what a podcast is right now. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to educate them on this. Yeah, You know, as yourself and a lot of people with kind of creative minds, maybe, sit around they don't they forget what they've done in the past and i make sure people know that the name of my podcast is what the hell have i done question mark not <laughs> i want you to tune in to listen to me talk about 
what the hell have I done? Right. I'm not bragging. I just wanted to remember things that I might have forgotten. And some of these shows have helped me to sit down and write and bring up notes, people I want to talk to about things we've done and music business and my friends growing up. No matter what it is, I want to, I, I got to recall this stuff because there's a lot of things happen when you're young that you, you just don't remember. First of all, you're young and you think everything's going to be hunky-dory for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you just kind of do these things and just keep moving forward. But I want to, I want to retrace my steps. And the first episode starts back when I'm in the first grade. Love it. And uh, starts from there and talks about my mom and how I got into music at an early age. So it's, it's fun for me. I've got a list of people I'm going to have on my show and uh, do a couple of these a month and uh, see how it goes. I, it's, it's good for me. Like I said, it's good for my mind. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm glad you reached out to me because now I know how I can get some answers to some of my questions I have. I'm going to reach out to you and Greg. <laughs> it's a great adventure for me because it's got me thinking. I'm getting on up there in age. I want to I want to retrace this stuff before I'm I'm not around anymore. So this could take me 10 years to retrace all this stuff I've done. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been doing this for a long time, and we appreciate you coming on the show. And I look forward to the Brian Johnson episode. Uh, well, we'll we'll close out here by saying, you know, ACDC Beyond the Thunder is about how many different individuals have been influenced by this band in many different ways. And obviously their influence is quite different with you, uh, with your friendship with Brian. But um, how has ACDC influenced you in a unique way, Greg? Well, I could tell you it's influenced me by never giving up, you know. Yeah. Uh, no matter how long breaks these guys took between the re records, they were always thinking about the next step what they were going to do. Brian never sat back and said, look, I'm a rock star. I'm going to go spend my money. I'm going to live life of luxury and do nothing all day. That's not his, that's not his makeup. That's not how he does it. He's always wanting to work. Yeah. Always wanting to be creative, always wanting to do stuff to help people as well. So that's how I'm not so much the music and the band, but a guy like Brian being in that band. Uh, plus, why get out of your, you know, a band like ACDC? They don't get away from their comfort zone. You know, why do that? Uh, stick with what got you there and just keep doing it. You know, that's how it's really influenced me quite a bit. And I will end on this note. I was with Brian uh, last week and somebody sent him a uh, a video. Uh, this is how influential this band has been. Uh, there, It was a interview with Zelensky from Ukraine. Oh yeah. And they asked him how how he started his day and how he had so much energy and he replied, "I start my day with a workout and I listen to ACDC." Yes. I love that. And Brian was so proud to hear this and it really made his day and uh just to know that people all around the world listen to that guy's music. Yes. And uh uh, to get them energized. That got us energized too. That's kind of what our show is about and influencing even politicians and leaders. It kind of shows you the power of music and uh, we'll, we'll try to get Zelensky on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about getting on. I'm sure we'll be tapped and wired and all that good stuff, but okay. hey, it's worth it, right? Well, I love music and it brings people together. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but my story is when we're playing music, I'll tell people, look, two hours ago, this stage was empty. There was nothing on this stage. Yeah. Two hours later, we've got gear and we're playing music and people are dancing. 
And then yep. two hours after we're done, the stage is going to be completely empty again. You know, it only happens when we're together. It only happens, you know, music happens when people get together and make it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, if I had to sum up Greg Billings in one sentence, it might be from one of your tracks, and it's called Have a Good Time All the Time. <laughs> Is that directly from a Spinal Tap quote? <laughs> Have a good time all the time. Have a good time. Good time. Nice. Well, thank you, Greg Billings. And actually, we have to leave you with one last question, which is the question we ask every guest on the show, which is, if you had one word to describe ACDC, what would your word be? To be honest, the first thing that came up was thunder. ACDC Beyond the Thunder theme song, Trailer Trash, written and performed by Gannon Arnold. VO Talent by Bruce Jacobson. Cinematography and sound recording by Greg Ferguson. Edited and mixed by Eric Keel. Written, directed, and hosted by Kurt Squires. Produced by Greg Ferguson, Eric Keel, and Kurt Squires. ACDC Beyond the Thunder is a Squires LLC current motion production. Copyright Beyond the Thunder podcast. All rights reserved. This has been a Nat Attack presentation. But nanu, nanu. This season, there's something we wanted to talk to all of our ACDC Beyond the Thunder listeners about that's really important to us. As you know, what we do here is free of advertisements, so there's no revenue stream coming into this show. This is strictly a passion project. But if you enjoy the program and you believe in what we're doing, we're asking to donate what you can to each episode of ACDC Beyond the Thunder podcast. By doing so, you contribute to making dreams come true through the Make-A-Wish and Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Foundations. And 100% of those profits go directly to these deserving causes. How can you help? Simply go to beyondthethunder.com and hit the charity button before or after listening to each episode, and that's it. Even if you give $1, $2, $5, Greg, Eric, and I would be so thankful, and we salute the ACDC Beyond the Thunder community for leaning in. That's beyondthethunder.com.